I wasn't going to forget it this time. This is Brackets. Bubbles and Bit Steelers. I did the intro wrong. Season 4, episode 45 of Brackets, Bubbles and Bit Steelers. I am Tim That is Jonathan Lipsy. How are you guys doing tonight, Jonathan? I'm good. It's been a long day of watching college basketball. Some pretty interesting results after a what I'd call boring for the most part, start to the day teams that we expected to win took care of business, but some statements were made later in the day, starting around late afternoon. Yeah. And one of those statements was made in Davis, California by Mike Magpio and the UC Riverside Highlanders. We promised you on Thursday night that if Magpio could lead Riverside to a win at Davis for four in a row, we would lead off the show with some talk about Riverside, who's now seven and eight. Four wins in a row, including two against two of the top three teams in the Big West, and we're losing viewers as we speak. <laughs> I think I'm going to let you take this one. Yeah, I mean, Barrington Hargris is one of the best freshmen that you've never heard of. 18 points, six assists, three steals today. He had this sick pass above, behind his head to um, Will Tattersall for the dagger three in this game. Elijah Pepper, they held him to three for 13 from the field. That's one of the leading scorers in the country. Davis is a really good team. They've now lost three games in a row. They lost to the beach at home this week. Now they lose to Riverside at home. Things are, wheels are kind of falling off there for Jim Less in year. It's been a long time. He's been there for a long time. Um, Riverside, Mike Magpio, he's had three really strong years. Eight and four, nine and six, 14 and six. This year, they started really poorly, three and eight in the conference. Now they're seven and eight. They're right back in the picture. It's a younger team this year with Barrington Hargris and Isaiah Moses and Nate Pickens, some sophomores and freshmen, and Caleb Smith getting as much run as they do. But they're coming around and playing some really good basketball right now. Um, they have UC San Diego at home on Thursday. If they win that game, it is time to like alert the masses about UC Riverside. If that's not what we're already doing. Yeah. Just to give some context here, because you know, you may be coming on here and thinking why the hell are these two guys talking about UC Riverside before Mike Magpio got there. The high, the last, let me see, let me see this. They hadn't had a winning, they hadn't had a winning season in big West play. In the Ken in their in their program's history before Magpio got there, he had Dennis, three in a row. Dennis Cuts, Dave Patrick, David Patrick, Jim Woolridge, Von Webb, and David Spencer were the five coaches before Magpio. No, that was five coaches in like fifteen years. By the way, the highest any of those guys finished in Ken Palm was two eleven in David Patrick's second season and final season with the program. Magpio's two, at 211 right now and his worst of his four seasons at UC Riverside. Yeah, like, you just don't win there, and he has. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough place to win. It's kind of in between the Coachella Valley and um, mm -hmm. L.A., so, like, it's like it's not, uh, it's not a hot spot for recruiting talent. I mean, L.A. is hardly a hot spot for recruiting talent. Well, let's mm -hmm. be honest here. Um, and... It's not one of the it's it's not one of the most prestigious of the UC schools. It's not a bad school by any means, but it's a much tougher place to win than a place like Long Beach or Santa Barbara. Yeah, or 
Think about the think about the teams that you traditionally see out of the Big West in the tournament. It's it's Irvine, it's Fullerton, it's Santa Barbara. Long Beach has been there. You never see Riverside there. Yeah, no, UC Riverside has never made the NCAA tournament, and they 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 became a Division One program in two thousand one. They finished one hundred fiftieth in Ken Palm that year. Then they then the next year they joined the Big West. 5 and 13, 5 and 13, 7 and 11, 4 and 14, 3 and 11, 1 and 13, 4 and 12, 8 and 8, 5 and 11, 6 and 10, 7 and 9, 3 and 15, 5 and 11, 7 and 9, 5 and 11, 5 and 11, 4 and 12, 4 and 12, 7 and 9. This is this is a bad season for their standards. It's a rebuilding year for them. And Magpio has them at 7 and 8. I mean, this dude is—he's an excellent, excellent young coach. He's got to yeah, get—he's I mean, he, got to get some more respect nationally. They lost Zion Pullen, who's like been Florida's first or second best player this year on an NCAA tournament team, and they're still like a middle of the road team in that league. They lost Flynn Cameron too, who who might have been—who was, was their second best player. They they lost Lachlan Olbrich, who was one of their best players as well. I mean, they, they lost basically I – mean, and they also lost Jamal Hartwell. They, they lost most of their guys. Their minute continuity is 207th, but it feels like it's a lot lower than that. Yeah. They, I mean, like, you also just look at their rotation. They're playing two seniors. Only one of them starts. They're pl- starting a freshman and two two sophomores with another freshman coming off the bench. Yeah, they are a super young team. They they're and they're playing some really good basketball right now. Seven and eight in the league. At this point, I think they're gonna go um five hundred or better. Yeah. All the right. way they're playing with the way they're playing, I wouldn't be surprised one bit. Seven minutes of the show down and one team <laughs> talked about, and that one team is two hundred and eleventh in Ken Palm. Now we're let's talk about the team that ranks second in Ken Palm. We're gonna bring in Michael DeRosa to talk about it with us. And I think UConn is good. Uh, can you confirm? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, that's a bold take. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. You have to give me more reasoning behind that before I can even. There are, some people Some people on Twitter refer to UConn as a wagon. I think we're past that. We're way past wagon status. What's the step above wagon? We are on freight train level and bordering on aircraft carrier. 81 to 53 today for UConn at home against fourth ranked Marquette. They held Tyler Kolek to one to two for 11 from the field, three assists and four turnovers for the guy that some people think is the biggest player of the year. The guy who some people thought was the biggest player of the year last year, I wasn't one of them, um, and I don't think he's the biggest player of the year this year. Still, think he's really good. Year? I thought it was Sully Bohm. I, I, sure. I, 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 that was a thing that that was one of the things that I've talked about on this show a lot. How much I liked him, and I never pronounced his name the same way twice. Just couldn't do it. No. <laughs> anyway, UConn might have like four dudes in the biggest player of the year conversation. And that, I mean, I, I biggest player is probably Devin Carter, but like the fact that UConn just has so many dudes that are just so good at basketball and just play such tough defense and they just hit shots and UConn didn't hit shots today. 
They, they didn't hit shots in the first half. They had started to shots in the second half, and they pulled away. They put their foot on the gas and won by 28 against the top five team in the country. It's Jeff Borzello tweeted this out. The biggest win in a in a AP top five matchup ever. Wow. By margin. 28. 28, by the way, Mizzou is now down nine. So Yeah, I, I know I have it on. <laughs> oh, there's a good cut and a missed dunk. <laughs> anyway, um, just nothing was going right for Marquette today. I kind of thought the first couple minutes of this game, I that was some of the best basketball I've seen played all year, just on both sides. I thought Marquette was really getting to work physically. I thought UConn was really getting to work physically. The refs were letting them play. Some tough sh- some tough shots on the inside were made. The first four possessions of this game were f- on both sides. The first two for each team were just four incredibly well-designed plays. UConn got an easy dunk and um, an easy backdoor, and Marquette got uh, a lob to Oso and, um, and a post-touch for a guard. I, I-, I just thought it was after those couple first couple minutes, I was like, all right, this game is going to be an absolute rock fight. And this is going to go down to the wire. And then UConn just decided, no, I'm better than you. We're better than you. And it was 24 to eight in the second 10 minutes of the first half. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty UConn, good. UConn has dictated every game they've played since that Seton Hall game. Like Sam, as a UConn fan, when's the last time you felt uncomfortable in a UConn game? Butler away when Butler kind of couldn't miss. Okay. And then, and then the that second was... half happened where UConn literally didn't miss and I think had over 1.8 points per possession. Yeah. Um, that and game then... was six weeks ago, by the way. Yeah. I would also say, um, I would also say Providence a little bit. Just kind of like that game was just such a rock fight in that first half. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never thought, I never thought UConn was going to lose that game. It just was annoying to watch. And Villanova was frustrating. But again, I never thought UConn was going to lose that game. The last game that like I genuinely, or genuinely, really entered my mind that UConn would lose was St. John's on December twenty third. Jesus. Yeah, that game was a four-point game. And that was without Klingon too. They have him back now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, which, which by the way, like... which by the way, UConn's top ten again in, or maybe they're eleventh now, but like they're well into the top fifteen of adjusted defense. Yeah, eleventh in adjusted defense. I, you want to hear something? Donovan Klingon returned to the court on January seventeenth. Since January seventeenth, huh. UConn is third in defense. Third. They are as elite as elite gets since he's been back. I feel like they're kind of constructed in a way that just is to like mess with every single Big East team. Like they're able to execute in the half court. They just kind of out muscle teams, almost designed to out muscle you. And they have length at every position, which is a problem for a lot of Big East teams. Yeah. Like I, I see a lot of tweets out there. It's like, what's UConn's weakness? How do you game plan for them? Yeah. Like if you're a coach, how do you game plan for UConn? Well, my idea, and this is so much easier said than done, to be clear. This isn't like, oh, yeah, uh, every coach should do this, right? Like, it's so much easier. Is I feel like you have to pressure Newton, kind of get the ball out of his hands, because he does tend to struggle with pressure at times. Yeah. Make someone else a playmaker. 
kind of just switch as many defenses as you can and just kind of hope UConn misses shots. Having yeah. having four, four guys that can switch probably yeah. would also help a ton just because they run so much stuff with off-ball actions and screens for Spencer that it's just like if you, if you have fours and – threes that can switch and guard. And that's why Seton Hall and Kansas were, were able to kind of very true. Very as, true. Yep. as they did. And you look at the teams that gave UConn a lot, a lot of trouble. Those those are the top. Those are the only two that beat UConn. Kansas is able to switch one through four against basically everybody in the country. Seton Hall is just long and athletic and full of just dudes. And that's kind of what you get there. I mean, even Butler has some really uh, strong and, and like big wing type players. Um, even though that game, UConn just scored a shitload. Um, Butler just made a lot of shots. Um, and Villanova's like that too. Villanova is really long and athletic on the wings. Mm-hmm. So th- those are the teams that I would say have given UConn the most trouble. Um, UConn's worst offensive performances. Oh, and, and Creighton was a bad offensive performance, but that that's that was just UConn missed shots. Um, Creighton also didn't score 50 points in that game. Yeah. But also Butler gave UConn trouble at UConn. So. Yeah, I think the teams, the like, at least. W- once we get to the tournament, the teams UConn probably won't want to see in their draw are, like, the SEC teams that are really athletic and can yes. play fast. and Auburn? Teams. Auburn is Auburn's the one that sticks out to me in my eyes. But yeah, I mean, Auburn I, I could also also could also take the worst shots ever for eight minutes in a row and shoot themselves out but, of the game like they did. I mean, you need like a good Auburn or a good Arizona game because those yeah. teams where UConn is fairly consistent. Iowa State, those teams have the Iowa bad State games where they lose shots. by seven hundred. Iowa State, if they're making shots, maybe. Mm. Honestly, I thought Marquette would be able to stay. I thought Marquette was a good matchup. Um, they're they're really athletic. They're really good at making plays. They can make they can they make a lot of stuff happen. But man, they they made nothing happen today. That also nothing. just speaks to the. It's all that also just speaks to the level that UConn's playing at right now. That you can be a good matchup for them, and it still might not matter because they Is could just UConn, run you out of the gym. I want to bring this question back up right now. How close would you say UConn is to those 2021 Baylor and Gonzaga teams right now? Oh, that's a tough one. Because See, I've seen the Villanova comp from 2018, and I'm like, that team was just so good. Uh, so I wouldn't put them there. Those Baylor epic. Damn, you gave me a seven-game series of those two teams, like UConn versus either one of those teams. I think you go seven games, if that answers your question. I feel like I'm still taking Baylor. I think I am too. Yeah, but but honestly, I I might take UConn over that Gonzaga team. Just the way I they're would, playing right now. I would take both of them over UConn, but I would also tell you that UConn's defense is better than both of those teams was. Oh, totally. Totally. I, just, I don't think, they're, 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 I don't think they have the same level of like individual creation on offense that those Baylor and yeah. Uh, and exactly. also, Baylor just straight up like just decided they were going to guard every single point of the court in that in that tournament run. Yeah, like, they that, never... that team was suffering. And Davion Mitchell was probably the best defender on either team. They were just everywhere. Well, um, yeah, that was the Gonzaga team before Chet. I, yeah, yeah. Um, so yes, you're right. 
But IIE was a really underrated player. I always thought he, he was, was so good. Dude, those teams were so good. Oh my god. I was at that I was at that championship game. We just kind of snuck in. Uh that was so much fun. Yeah. So um good. anyway, Jonathan. Yeah. Did you have any takeaways from the Marquette side in this game? Like not really, if I'm being honest. Like I, Marquette's obviously not as bad as they played. They I could still absolutely see them winning that game in Milwaukee to end this end the season. Or I guess it's the during the weekday. Uh but like Honestly, I'm kinda of hoping they do so we so we can end up with yeah with, with that stat. Is it time to bring out the stat? Mar- Marquette will never beat anyone good when Tyler Kolek has more turnovers than he does. Is, is it time to bring up the stat? Yeah, I mean we're getting close, right? Like, I mean we are. We are what? Selection Sundays four. Selection Sundays four weeks from tomorrow. Yeah. So all right. No team. Right. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I'll mute myself. <laughs> no team since 2013 Louisville has won the national title without losing a game in the three weeks before Selection Sunday. Correct. So Marquette, March 6th, Creighton. Um, sorry, no, not, not Creighton. Um, I feel fairly confident in saying UConn will lose before the end of the season. UConn plays Creighton on Tuesday. You have to play arguably the three toughest road games that the Big East provides that aren't UConn. To end the year. Yeah. And, and also two solid teams in Villanova and Seton Hall. I, right. But like you you got you still gotta play Greg McDermott. You still gotta play Shaka Smart, Shaheen Holloway, and then Villanova and Providence are, are, are always rock fights. God, I'm a fluffy But like the way you if UConn plays like they did today, there nobody can come close to them. It was Maybe the best performance anybody's had all year, considering opponent and, and mm-hmm. everything. Right. W- would you guys agree with that? I'm just yeah. trying to think back on any game. I feel like, yeah, I feel like it has to be. I feel like I don't think we've had a top five blowout even remotely like that, just in terms of. I guess if you really want to argue if it wasn't the most impressive performance today, just given the circumstance of how this Kentucky team was playing before going into Auburn. I yeah, guess. but that's not what I meant. That, that's, yeah. that's that's not yeah. the best basketball anybody has played yeah, all year. you're right. They scored 1.04 points per possession. Maybe Kansas against Houston. Yeah, that, that, that's up Ooh, there. Yes, but like even Houston made a Houston made a little bit of a run to get it to like 10 or 9 in the second half. I mean, half. Houston still scored over a point per possession in that game. Right. Like but Mar- yeah, can't, can't Mar- stop Marquette it. had no shot today. Yeah, it, it was unbelievably impressive. Um, I mean, Auburn against Alabama was like pretty ridiculous. But then again, like Alabama. What about Auburn against South Carolina? Oh my God! South, can we can we agree though? South Carolina stinks. Yeah, I guess if I guess you you view that game differently depending on what you think of South Carolina. Like beating, just, them, beating South anyone Carolina is not one of the twenty five best teams in the country. They're not one of the thirty best teams in the country. I, I don't care. They might have one of the thirty best coaches in the country. They're not one of the thirty best teams in the country. They definitely have one of the 30 best resumes in the country. Yes, they, they have one of the 10 best resumes in the country. 
I'm not going to ask you to do it and put you on the spot, but 30 seems low for that team. Like they just, they defend so well. They they are like relentless. They, they, when, make, they make life tough. I don't. I, yeah. I, if I, you I can speed that, them up, they're shit. If, but, I just think that if you're athletic and fast, you you can, you can kill them. Yeah. That, that, that's the one 55th thing. in Ken Palm. <laughs> that's kind of what I meant. I did not think they dropped that low. Yeah. They, they lost today. <laughs> they lost today at home. To LSU, a team that got blown out by Syracuse, a team that lost to Nichols, a team that got blown out by um, who else did they get blown out by? Oh, Kansas State. They got blown out at home by Kansas State. For for the record, I know the I know the wins and losses won't say it, but this has been a pretty dramatic improvement for LSU from last year. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, they were god awful that last year. They're, they're legit, not bad. Like they they fought with they just gave up 109 points twice to Alabama, <laughs> which teams do teams do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Alabama can blitz bad teams, and LSU they're better, but they're still bad. Yeah, um, Creighton and Butler today. Um, Creighton really just foot on throat in that second half, outscored Butler 45 to 22. I know you watched this game pretty closely. Yeah, I was so, there. What did you see? In the first half, well, what Creighton did really well is Butler's two best players, as I mean, I'll say it now. Well, he's two most impactful scorers, at least in that sense, are Brooks and Telford. The, it's the big bodied wings. It's what makes this team different from last year because last year they didn't have a single wing. This year they have two who are like legit fringe all conference kind of guys. Uh, today, I believe those two combined for three of 18 shooting and six points. Creighton did a great job defending them. They took Pierre Brooks out of the game early. Uh, Brooks was just out of it. Like he wasn't fighting through screens like that. He was just kind of like down and Telford just didn't have a good offensive game either. They took those two out of it. And when Butler gets six points from those two guys, they're not doing much. Uh, Creighton made the Pasha Alexanders and the Jalen Thomases make shots. And they did in the first half. They had really good first halves, but. Once the game got longer, it's like you are not getting a combined 50 points from those two guys, and that's what they would have needed to win this game. It was a good defensive performance from Creighton, and they used Baylor Shireman really well. Shireman got going early. Then they ran him off these like little like hook screens almost like right in the by the elbow. They'd have him curl to the lane. He'd finish at the rim, and every single time he asked for an and one. No matter if there was no one within five feet, he still yelled and one. Uh, he was great. He's incredible. Uh, just this is a great performance from Creighton. When Creighton can set the tone and the tempo and like that sort of style on a game, they are really good. When they can't, you get the UNLV and Colorado State games. But when they can, you get the second half today where they beat a good Butler team at home by 23 points. Baylor Shireman, 18.3 points, 8.7 rebounds, 4.1 assists, 44.7% shooting, 36.5% from three. That, that that's really good like that's he's a, he's a big east first teamer we kind of knew when he went there yeah, we're like yeah, okay yeah. yeah that's the perfect system for him and he's not he had a year of playing high major basketball under his belt he's a lot more used to the speed of that game now and he just you don't really pressure you can't really pressure and bother him he just kind of gets wherever he wants on the floor yeah i mean he's just so good at finding his spots and then hitting shots from them. And he makes the game look so easy. Yeah, he does. 
So smooth. So smooth. Jonathan, guess the guess the score. Gonzaga and Pacific. Seven twenty eight to play. I'm gonna call it. I know it's. I know it was closer than like. If, if you if you if you get two scores correct in two shows, that would be special. I, I'm gonna. How much times left did you say? Seven twenty eight. I'm gonna call it sixty four Gonzaga. Forty. Oh, you're eight. not. You're not even close. Okay, really? <laughs> Eighty-one to sixty-one. Oh my God! Wow. Sorry, eighty-two to sixty-one now. Zagas might score hundred. Yeah, I honestly, it honestly felt like at times UConn might have gotten there. This, this is my favorite thing: guessing Pacific basketball scores. Yeah. By the way, halftime in Tucson. It's guess the Arizona Arizona State score. Oh, I bet they're up fifteen. What's the score? I'll call it Arizona State plays little to no defense. I'll call it 48 to 33. 49 to 31. You're pretty oh! good. <laughs> You're pretty good. That was a good guess. Hey, I, know, good guess. I, know, I know these teams. Oh, my God. Yeah. Arizona State. Remember when Arizona State was 5-0 and in the, in the Pac-12? 4-0. 4-0. Remember that? No, actually, I don't. (laughs) That was a time. Do you guys talk about coaching speculation on this show? Um, The day after Selection Sunday, we will talk about it a lot with um, Curry Hicks-Sage. It comes up naturally, I'd say. Yeah, I I will say. We do have to promote that show because that will be a fun show. Yeah. It's a ton of fun. Yeah. Uh, I will say I don't know if I expect Bobby Hurley to be there next year. Bobby Hurley shouldn't be there next year, just straight up. Like, it's not going to work. Arizona State should be at least. Well, you, you want to? Should I read you Bobby Hurley's Ken Palm rankings? Can I say something? Two things that might not go hand in hand to people without explanation. Go ahead. I don't think Bobby Hurley is a great basketball coach. I also think he's too good of a basketball coach for Arizona State. Okay. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, it's I, not think a you want I think Arizona State's a miserable program. I don't think like watching Bobby Hurley's teams. I don't think they're super disciplined. I don't think they run a lot of like great stuff in the half court. But I also think he's had success at Arizona State that probably isn't appreciated enough, considering what Arizona State was before he got there. I think his style would I mean, work more on the East Coast. Like he recruits I, a lot of those like tougher kind of players, like that yeah. kind of thing. And West Coast basketball is more like with the flow kind of thing, like pretty ball. I just think Bobby Hurley, like he's not. It was never a fit. I, I never understood it. You're right about that. He's 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 a Jersey guy. He went to Duke, coached at Buffalo. Like, what is he doing at Arizona State? Like, why did he take that job? He took that job because it was the high major that was offering him. He would have, there was no, there's no reason for him to take that job. Honestly, I think he should have stayed at Buffalo. Fit is important for players and coaches. It just doesn't make sense. He coached two years at Buffalo, took them to the tournament in their, in his second year. And things were going so well that like Nate Oates was able to ride off of that. And I mean, obviously, Nate Oates is an incredible basketball coach, but um, 
that's ridiculous, by the way, for a program like Buffalo to get Bobby Hurley and Nate Oates back to back. And then just completely blow it with well, they also smoke uh they that Nate Oates team beat Arizona State in the tournament when there was like that eleven six game, right? Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. And and now and then they blew it with hiring Jim Weitzel and now George Halkovich. It's Halkovich first year is hired late. We'll give him a bit of time. Yeah, well, hey, he was hired late. He like put this roster together in like June. Uh, we'll give him another little bit before I take I'll, it. I'll, I'll give him until Mac play starts next year. Yeah, hey, they had they had John Gross on the ropes today. They 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 did have um Anquan Jr. That's a name. Oh yeah, Anquan Bolden Jr. Um, he's hurt though. So is he actually? Damn. Yeah. They're 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 pretty they're pretty terrible though. I still don't know how they beat Central Michigan, who is now nine and three in the MAC in the single A MAC under head coach. Who's the head coach at Central Michigan, Jonathan? The head coach at Central Michigan. I'll give you a hint. He was a high major head coach, an atrocious one, but he was a high major head coach. Dwayne Stevens is at Western, right? I'm thinking of the wrong Michigan. Yeah, he's not there. Central Michigan. I have no idea. Tony Barbie. What? <laughs> he, Barbie World. He coached four years at Auburn. Do you want to know what his Ken Palm rankings were at Auburn? Can I say no to this question? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to know what his Ken Palm rankings were. We're going to hear them. Yeah. 234, 147, 197, and 122. Damn, maybe I'm maybe I'm not giving Bruce Pearl enough credit these days. Yeah, that's what Bruce that's what Bruce Pearl took over for. Oh my god. Auburn was an abject disaster before Pearl got there, and today they were an abject disaster as well. They mm-hmm. scored 59 points against a team that has had that that was so bad at defense that it got a think piece published in the athletic about it. Hey, they're up to 81st now. Congratulations. <laughs> By the way, my favorite stat, Ugana on Yenso's block rate, 18%. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I, Impressive. I'm watching the game. I honestly think Auburn was like too juiced for it. Like they came out and like were taking bad shots, and Chad Baker Mazzara threw like two behind the back passes that led to turnovers. By the way, it Chad is- Baker Mazzara. The Ken Palm MVP. MVP of this game. He was the Ken Palm MVP. So we do not have a Shahada. If if I was giving out a Ken Palm MVP in this oh, game, I would have given it to a Thiero. Yeah, him, him or Antonio Reeves. Th- those are those are your Shahadas. <laughs> By the way, the new defi- the new term that we just created, Sam just used. It's called a Shahada. It is a Ken Palm MVP and a road victory. Road victory. That is obviously the most named for Shahada Wells of all time. Obviously named for the named for Shahada Wells, the last player to win Ken Palm Game MVP in a road victory at Allen Fieldhouse. Are, are we going to change the name when when? No, of course not. Unless, okay. unless it's someone with a funnier name than Shahada. Yeah, no, I'm just just wondering if we were going to like think. Or change it with the next person that won a Ken Palm MVP at Allen Fieldhouse in a road victory. By the way, let's do, let's do some predictions. Who's the next Ken Palm MVP at Allen Fieldhouse? It doesn't have to be 
this year? <laughs> just who's the next Ken Palm MVP? Oh, it's now? Mikey Williams. Huh? Mikey Williams, of course. No. When he wins National Player of the Year. I'm going to um, say the next Ken Palm MVP at Allen Fieldhouse is VJ Edgecombe next year. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the next Ken Palm MVP at Allen Fieldhouse is... Ooh, that's such a tough question. The next Shahada at Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah, the next the next AFH Shahada. I don't know. You can like try to predict you could try to predict like who they're gonna play in like the I guess the big twelve biggest battle for them will be on the road next Milan year. Milan Momsilovich. Mm, they sweep they like regular season. I, I can totally I see Day Day Ames just going in there, dropping 30 and like ne- next year, next year. Because he's gonna be really good next year. Sure. But with, not with, not with, this year. They coach, they do. Who, who will be Day Day Ames' coach next year? What, what happens when he's at Louisville? They won't play at Allen Fieldhouse. <laughs> All right, whatever. Who says they won't play at Allen Fieldhouse? I don't know. By the way, Baylor plays Kansas twice this year, so like, there's no guarantee they're even going to play at Allen Fieldhouse next they, year. Didn't they? Did they play at Allen Fieldhouse last year? Uh yeah, yeah they played twice was, last year. It was double round robin last year. I'm an idiot. Ooh. This is so. Oh no! Wait! 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 What? Kylan Boswell. Do they play at Kansas next year? Who knows? (laughs) That don't. I don't even think the Big Twelve knows that yet. (laughs) Yeah. Or like, are they ever gonna like release basketball schedules? Imagine like a UNC Greensboro goes in there and beats them years too. in advance, but they can't release a basketball schedule until the season starts the next day. Dude, Kansas like surprisingly has gotten like dangerously close to losing the like sub two seventy five Ken Bomb teams at Allen Fieldhouse the last couple years. Yeah, Eastern <laughs> Illinois this year. Last, and, last year, Southern Utah almost went in there and won. Right, I remember Southern Utah was good last year. They were so they weren't like sub two seventy five. They were one eleven, dude. Their coach got Bowling Green. Oh my god, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> Which I still don't know how that was supposed to be an upgrade. But I saw a stat the other day that was like, I mean, um, it's Southern Utah. Yeah, hold on. I always take Bowling Green over Southern Utah. I saw a stat the other day that Southern Utah is like one of the most um down programs in Ken Bomb. They're down 116 spots. And Bowling Green is one of the most up programs. They're up 40 spots. So yeah. I think okay. he can coach. I think Todd it's Simon can coach. Todd, Todd Simon the- will Todd Simon will see you at a Missouri Valley school next year. Hopefully. I don't know about that. <laughs> Jonathan, you know what it's time for? It's time for the Valley update. I don't know about that one. I don't know if it's time for the Valley update. It is. What is it time for? Um, it's not time to fear the Phoenix. It's time for the Valley update. All right. Well, Sam kind of tricked me into that one. Really only one notable game today. Indiana State has. What are you talking about? <laughs> what, is, what is that supposed to mean? How do you feel bad? for Like, no, they're. they're like what? They, they tricked their fans. Is that what you mean? When you feel bad? <laughs> Come back on the screen. <laughs> what is this supposed to mean? We, we really don't need to do a valley update today because there's only one game team that like we have to talk about right now. 
Uh, Indiana State went 0 and 2 this week. Yeah. They're at large. They're at large. Chances are done. Okay, Mizzou is only down by one, but there's less than three seconds left. Don't spoil it. I have it on my TV. We're 0 and 11 in the SEC, man. <laughs> Mizzou hasn't won an SEC game. No, who, that well, bad? Who, who would they have beaten in the SEC? <laughs> have they played Vanderbilt yet? Yeah, we got. Oh crushed. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, they played. We lost by like double digits on the road. Oh yeah, I remember that. Ugh. Let's see. Oh, last year in this situation, like <laughs> I'm, I still Gold- want to go back to this comment on screen. Like, like what are we talking about? What, what I've is never heard. I've never heard somebody say they feel bad about someone being a fraud. Like they it it's just, just are. Not, like Lamont Paris has that has that program building. Like they'll be really good soon. God, they're not good now. We have no timeouts. I mean, they're a tournament. I mean, they're a tournament team now, which is a huge accomplishment for considering what South Carolina has been through the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, Sam, we didn't have them in our top 100s at the start of the year. Hell, Frank Martin only made one tournament there, and Frank Martin's a darn good. That's lane violation on Ole Miss. Frank Martin what? made one tournament there in like 11 years. Don't throw it full court. Don't throw it full court. <laughs> Sean East for the tie over the backboard. <laughs> Mizzou to 0-12 with Tennessee coming to town on Tuesday. That's a winnable game. <laughs> you got the Tennessee women's team. Yeah, we got a win for covering the spread, maybe. <laughs> anyway. Um, Mizzou's, Mizzou's Ken Palm rating will go up tonight. Indiana State, 0-2 this week. Basically dropped 10, 15 spots in Ken Palm. The Southern Fox. Illinois one wasn't terrible, but like. You, in the, the context of the game. Or, no, sorry, the Illinois State loss was just awful. Yeah, it, at home too. That's just a letdown. I, I like SIU. I think Mullins can really coach. Um, their, their fans don't think so. Nobody, like, that's the thing about this. Like, I, I was saying you. I was listening to Kevin Sweeney on, on his podcast this week, and he was like, these Missouri Valley teams all think that, like, they're better programs than they are because they made the Sweet 16 one time. Which like, I in- actually kind of agree with. What? the like Dana Ford might get fired this year. No, are, are you saying this has, like, you agree with Sweeney or you agree with – No, him? I agree that the expectations in the Valley are really high. Like, there's a lot of programs that have history. Yeah, and I think expectations might be a little too high. And what's and what's funny but is that I, think, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that having a lot of coaches that like, if you're not like really really good, you're gone. Like that should like more leagues should do that. I think that I think that that's a good thing. I think that it keeps the league really competitive. As someone who's watched a lot of bad coaches coach basketball, I would agree. You just want to just get guys in and out. You don't need to do that whole, like, that's a football thing, actually, more or less. But, yeah, I've watched a lot of bad coaches coach basketball and still somehow get two extra years, cough, cough, Patrick Ewing, cough, cough. So we don't need to do that. Uh, the Georgetown administration is a very special one. Hey, but Ed Cooley is a rich – is rich as shit. <laughs> That was so funny. He got way too much. That was just funny. It's we should let people be funny nowadays. I, 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 
I respected him saying that. I respected him saying that. Do do we should we talk Tokyo. about McNeese? Dude, McNeese is not I mean, like, fair. Like they should dude. after Chahada, you might as well talk about his team. <laughs> How many did Chahada drop today? Shahada only had nine, but it didn't matter. They they went to the gym of the second best team in the league, a team that won at an SEC school, and just they, they held him to 47. Okay. Nichols Sam. scored 25 points in the second half and 22 in the first half. Like, what the hell? Sam, have you seen the movie When the Game Stands Tall? No. Have have either of you seen it? Michael, have you seen it? Okay, no, so sir. it's a football movie that came out probably a decade ago. It's about this team in California that, like, won a shit ton of games in a row. And there's a scene in the movie where, like, all the coaches from their league, like, meet before their season. And, like, a bunch of them say, like, they're, like, not going to play them because, like, they're too good. Oh, is I this like South Sal? Yeah. I feel like the Southland coaches should have done that with McNeese this year. <laughs> They're way yeah. too good for that league. They assembled a high major basketball team in the Southland. Yeah. Like the really last coach team. that did this was Chris Beard. Will Wade is a freaking magician. He can recruit. He can definitely recruit. How the hell did they do like how the hell did they do that? I have no idea, dude. Neither do I. <laughs> I told you this the other day. They're, there's like a 75% chance they're going to be more athletic than the team they play in the first round. By the way, their AD is a former basketball coach who went, who, who didn't have a season where he went above 500 at McNeese, but he's now their AD. <laughs> That's weird. He's a smart guy, clearly, because he hired Will Wade. Yeah. Increased the buyout extension recently. Somebody was going to. Their last hey, two games. Hey, that's savvy. Get your money. Their last two games are now road wins by fifty-one and by twenty-seven. <laughs> and the twenty-seven point one was against the team that's in second in their league. Yeah, they all they won. Um, remember that game where they beat Corpus Christi at the buzzer? Do I remember it, dude? It was the game of the year. <laughs> <laughs> it led off the show that night. Of course it did. And again, it was a Monday night. Nothing else was going to lead off the show. Big Mondays, baby. Little Monday. Little, little Monday. It's been relegated. Yeah. Um, I mean, Christian Shoemate was, like, the best player in that conference last year. And he might be, like, the third best player on this team. Yeah. He's the second best player on the team, but just for dramatic effect. Well, their best player is Shahada, so. Yeah. Iowa when McNeese loses in their conference tournament. Dude, they're not gonna get like they're not they have like no chance, right, to get in at large if they lose no. in their conference tournament. I don't think no, so. they, they have a quad four. So it'd be two quad fours. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they would be twenty like twenty nine and four or whatever it is. Anyway, Iowa wins against um, Wisconsin, 88-86. You see that Owen Freeman stat line? Yeah. 20 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, 4 blocks, and 2 steals. I mean, I know we said the other day Cam Christie is the freshman of the year in that league, but Owen Freeman's right there. 
Yeah, I'd say him, those two, and then like maybe Blackwell if he didn't get hurt. Yeah, I think. I mean, Owen Freeman. I'm pretty sure his his like season averages are a lot better than than like they than yeah, ten and six. Sorry, eleven and six Mm -hmm. with two blocks and a steal. On they got another. They got another freshman coming off the bench that's been good this year that hasn't played a ton. Yeah, I but think he's Harding. been really good when he's been in there. Yeah, I like Harding a lot. I think I think they're in, I think they're in really good hands. Freeman is going to be all Big Ten next year, and Harding yeah. is going to be Harding is going to be all Big Ten eventually. I honestly thought they should like play. I honestly think they should be playing Harding a lot more. Honestly, yeah. I mean, they're but not they going to make the tournament. They they have two away games coming up against Michigan State and Illinois. You basically have to win both of those to be anywhere in the tournament picture. They yeah. kind of have to kind of have to win out. Today was their first quad one, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. And the way the way Wisconsin's playing, I'm not like 100 percent sure that's going to stay quad one. Dude, oh my god, they were so good, and then they I think like that Nebraska game just kind of took a lot of it, a lot of yeah, and then like they by the way Michigan. Now eight and eighteen. Michigan State fans invaded the arena and chanted, "Do your homework at Doug McDaniel tonight." <laughs> Someone needs to chant, "Do your homework at me," because I still have an assignment that I have to turn in for t- for uh, for Monday. You got time. I know. Yeah, you're good. I don't know how you let Jawan coach another year there. I don't know how you let Jawan coach another game. It it sounds like they're going to, unless Jawan decides that he's done. Yeah. Which according to, by the way, do you know, do you know what Michigan's next game is? Michigan's next game. Yeah. Is it at Mackey? It's at Welsh Ryan. They, they, they are. They already went to Mackey. They They lost by 32. You, you don't walk into Welsh Ryan unless your team name is Chicago state. Yeah. Um, is Doug McDaniel's road suspension up yet, or does he have, like, one more road game on there? Hold on. One, <laughs> two, three. One more game. Okay, okay. Like, Sam, we've never really talked about this. Is the idea, like, of suspending him for road games, like, the fact that, like, he has to stay home and do his homework? <laughs> is, it, is this, is this, like, a, is this like a you can't play video games before you do your homework deal? <laughs> kind of like that, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Incredible, incredible. It's the best. God, I love college basketball. There's nothing like college basketball. Um, final score in Charlottesville, Virginia 49, Wake Forest 47. I watched I watched more of this game than I'd like to, than I'd care to admit. Reese Beekman with 20 points, Isaac McNeely with 12, the rest of the Virginia team with 17. What? Hey, Sam, just out of curiosity, what did Virginia shoot from the free throw line? Oh, God. One for 11. By, yeah. By the way, if like, you win a game shooting, if you lose a game where the opponent shot one for 11 to the foul line, you should be expelled from your league and expelled from Division One. Wake Forest should have to play Division Two basketball. For let's, just, let's just say that that game was so bad that I got multiple texts today 
after the the game that said Wake Forest shouldn't be allowed in the NCAA tournament after that, no matter. Oh, what. one of them was from me. <laughs> one of them was from you. I got one of them from another friend. Yeah. Wake Forest now sixteen and nine. Two losses this week in games that they really could have used to win in. Mm-hmm. They now only have two road games left. They still have three oppor- They still have two opportunities to get big wins. Duke and Clemson at home. They kind of need both of them. Is Clemson at home a big win anymore? Did they it, end up winning? Today? For the moment, Dude. it's still quad oh, one. They lost. It's not a big win anymore. That's not going to be quad one. For, yeah, for the moment it is, but you know, Clemson. So wait, everyone. Clemson seems to have one. these stretches every year where they trick people into thinking they're good. Does Wake have a quad one? No. Uh, no. no. Wake Forest does not have a quad one win. They do not have any losses outside of quad two. But they only have... Oh, Virginia Tech away is quad one. Shouldn't be. Good for Mike Young, I guess. No. By the way, good for Mike Young, who only has one fewer ACC tournament win in 2022 than Jim Beheim has in his career. Good, good for Mike Young and, you know, all the ACC guys on Twitter that think their league is, like, a superpower. <laughs> Dude, I saw – I see more tweets about, like uh, – the, the Syracuse – Dude, Virginia it's not even, like – it's just that – it's that one guy. <laughs> Dude, no, there, there was there was the Syracuse SB Nation blog today tweeted out, um, Syracuse beats UNC. Oh, the ACC is the worst it's been in years. BYU loses to Oklahoma State. Oh, the Big 12 is so good top to bottom. Dude, BYU's 500 in the Big 12. Who was talking about that game today? Not a single person. Nobody talks Nobody. about Oklahoma State. Everybody thinks BYU is overrated. They're, but here's the thing. They're 500 in the Big 12, and they're six spots lower than North Carolina and Ken Bomb. As a BYU truther, mainly because I love watching Ali Khalifa play, I think I'll be the one person in the world who might not think BYU is that overrated. Just because I like nobody thinks they're no nobody. Sorry, they're not overrated because everyone thinks they stink. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a they're that's fine. A, that's they're, the argument they're, I was gonna they're make. Like the 28th best team in the country. I, they're I better than South Carolina. Yeah, I'll give them that. <laughs> but but they lost two... today by double digits to the least interesting team in the country. I didn't watch a second because I'm not allowed to watch a second of Oklahoma State basketball until Mike Boynton is fired. I'm so hoping that because Margaret Thatcher is dead. Sorry. Oklahoma State has a pretty large buyout to pay if they want to fire Mike Boynton. I am really hoping that they keep him around and he somehow turns it around next year and you can't watch a good Oklahoma State team play. (laughs) Dude, they might might like actually be good next year because they have like Daly and Garrison and like all the freshmen. If those guys stay. Is Cade is, is Cunningham coming back? I mean, you can just hire Ron Harper and Dylan Harper might go there. <laughs> hey, Louisville tried. It doesn't always work. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good call, by the way, though. Ron Harper. It's amazing. You hire you hire family bro- you hire family members, and now everyone wants to go play with Matthew Alexander Moncrief, <laughs> who is, by the way, not playing at Oklahoma State anymore. 
Neither is most of those guys. God, I remember his recruitment. Ewing wanted him so bad, and they couldn't get him. Oh, man. The student, the whole student section chanted, we want Moncrief for like a fringe three-star recruit. What? <laughs> yeah. And he still didn't come to Georgetown. We want Moncrief? Dude, yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And it didn't work. Nobody, nobody has ever uttered the words, we want Moncrief. And George that, Penn did. There, there, there's an NBA Hall of Famer named Moncrief. And again, nobody has Moncrief. ever uttered the word. Is he a Hall of Famer? He fucking be better be. Better Still. be. I think. I'm looking it up. Hold on. Yeah, he's I, in the Hall of Fame. I see a picture of him at the Hall of Fame. So he, I really <laughs> That's the first that. thing that pops up when you search his yeah. name. And again, not a single person has ever chanted, we want Moncrief. Now, he did have a – Dante Moncrief did yeah, have okay. a really nice kick return against the Texans for the Patriots in 2020. He was that, that's also the last notable thing done by someone named Moncrief in sports, and M.A. Moncrief has been playing college basketball since then. Oh, my God. This has been too long about of talking about Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Speaking of Matthew Alexander Moncrief, it is time to talk about the Georgia Bulldogs. Is it? Or is it time to talk about the team they played? It's time to talk about how the Georgia Bulldogs were 14 and 5, and now they're 14 and 11. Damn. Mike White. Mike yeah. White, everyone. That is not Mike very White. good. They are young, to be fair, and they do have Asa Newell coming in next year. So there's something. But Ooh, that is, as you guys fine. mentioned, good for Mike them. They, they lose Chua, Abdurrahim, Thomason, Hill, and. I mean that that that's a lot of guys to lose. I mean, if they have if they have Kane to marry and Asa Newell plays to his expectation to what re- recruiting sites have him ranked. I mean, they, like, they won't they be decent next year. But like, that's basically what they are this year. They're decent. Yeah, they're fine. Are they fine or are they? Just Sam, Sam have you fun? watched Ace, Sam? Have you watched Asa Newell? No. Like I have, just because I I've watched Montverde a bunch, but like I haven't ranked him yet. Anyway, just, on on that game, Zion Pullen had 16, 7, and 5. I mean, he just does everything. He He's so impressive. Yeah, he really is. Florida's, I mean, absolutely rolling right now. Since I came back from winter break, they've lost twice. Once was to the was the game at Tennessee, which Tennessee played ridiculously well. And then one was the one-point game at A&M, in which they had a lead until late. It's a roster that I think is tough to evaluate from an NCAA tournament perspective because they're so matchup dependent just because like they're constructed of like all guards and bigs. They have like no forwards. Yeah. And like the thing with thing, like Riley Kugel has not been good this year, like straight up. Um, His two best games were losses to Wake and Baylor. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's coming off the bench for them. Yeah. Like he's this, coming this off was the bench. Like, Supposed to be one of the top breakout players in the country. Yeah, but the fact of the matter is they have that they have glue guys, Thomas Hall, um, Alex Condon, Zion, Tyree Samuel. Th- those are such excellent glue guys for them. Mm-hmm. They get they get some really good minutes from from those guys, and and obviously get Walt and Zion and Micah Hanlockton, who are all studs. Fun team. They're what? a fun team. They play fast, shoot a ton of threes. Todd Golden, good coach. Walter Clayton Bucket. You I know someone are... who disagrees with that. 
Yeah. Yeah. We had um, Greg Waddell on last uh, on like last week, and he basically was just talking about how bad Todd Golden was. If Todd Golden's name was Todd White, nobody would like him. Which I don't. Which I don't agree with whatsoever. I think I, I don't. I, I don't agree. I, I don't think he's, he's anywhere. Concept, if we want to go greasy NFL references, like you did with Dante Moncrief, as a fan of both Golden Tate and Auden Tate, AU Gold. That's a periodic table joke. That uh, is, yes, that I, is I understand that theory. That is excellent. I forgot that Auden Tate existed, just the same way you forgot Dante Moncrief existed. I did. I did. But yeah, Florida's a team that they rebound, they shoot a ton of threes. Like and they have guards that can create shots. Like they're a really, they're a really fun te- team to watch. Like I, yeah, I don't know how I'm much interest they're actually good. Guys, I have a score update for you. USC is up up by 12 on Colorado. Oh, that's on my television right now. All right. I've had this take for a while, so I might as well release it now. Colorado's not good. Thank you. They're not. They're not. Victory for the podcast. (laughs) I've said this all season. They're not good. They're not a tournament team. I didn't think they were a tournament team preseason. I, I still don't. They're not good. Would you like the, only, the only the thing Bible. we got wrong about that was the fake five star allegations. Would you like to recite the Bible? Ooh, I like Bibles. <laughs> I don't know it off the top of my head. <laughs> um, me and you have similar fraud radars. <laughs> this team is ass. Whoever put them in the top twenty five deserves punishment. <laughs> shout, shout out, Will. Yes, shout out the great ball knower Will. Do you think he even remembers that he tweeted that? No chance. No chance in hell. But yeah, no, this, this team is going to miss the tournament. Dude, the... He tweets that about like every American conference team every day. True. FAU Flamingos. <laughs> the Pac 12 is very fastly trending towards three bids Arizona, Washington State, and of course, Mick Cronin stealing the auto bid there. <laughs> yep, it'll be bald caps on Selection Sunday. I- I'm not going to suggest anything if... <laughs> oh, my God. Are you okay, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> you broke the poor kid. Dude. <laughs> like, you after the show. If we want to talk about bad preseason takes, though, I don't know if you guys know I had this take. Uh... I had Maryland as a preseason top 25 team. Oh, we all liked Maryland. Oh, actually. I didn't. You didn't. I liked them. Not as a top 25 team. Okay, then I got this one. Hey, Jonathan, you thought UCLA was a top 10 team. I also had Nova as top, a top six team. So I had those teams very highly. I also had St. Mary's above Houston preseason. That never made sense. It did not. That was a bad take, and I, I owned my, it. Houston was like my number four, five team in the preseason, I think. I had St. Mary's like that. 19, Houston like 22. Yeah, because I think I went Tennessee, Duke, um, I had Purdue, Houston, Kansas, or Houston. I had Houston five. 11. I had Houston 11, which was yeah. too I was low. never that high on Houston, but it's just That's the system. Fine, works. It just works. I, I had I had USC 9 and Gonzaga 10. Jesus Christ. I'm, st- I'm still, by the way, like of the belief that Gonzaga will end up in a Sweet 16. 
they could get a really good draw. It's like an 11 and they get like, yeah, there, there is definitely a possibility. I just can't trust the depth though in round two. Like if you're playing, by the way, Miami is not even an NIT caliber team at this point. Miami. They they lost. They lost to BC today. Yeah. They lost to BC. Mercer over Samford. Do you have any thoughts? You should be banned from the tournament when you lost to Louisville. Uh, that's Miami thought, though. I agree. Uh, no, I don't have any thoughts. The SoCon's nuts. I'm very glad that Syracuse fans can finally stop asking if the if the if the if the Syracuse can make the tournament because no, they can't. They're terrible. They're awful. They're dumb. They're poorly coached. That's a lot of strong words. And um, they also killed Georgetown. That happened. Georgetown's <laughs> bad. They're dumb. They're not good. They're hey, that, of- that's all that matters. That's all that matters. It, it's 11, 12 p.m. and whatever. Everyone knows. Um, <laughs> and everyone knows. But yes, Syracuse stinks. Got out-rebounded today by Georgia Tech. Do you want to know what the margin was? Take a guess. 38-27. Ooh, that is... Um, you're too nice. You're way too nice. Really? I'm going to say 44-25. 49 to 28. Jesus. Play the Heem McLeod. Play the Heem McLeod. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's a terrible idea. What did you say? Play Naheem McLeod. Naheem McLeod is good for one good play every like four minute stretch and then like 10 bad ones. He's good for winning the jump ball. Winning the jump ball and maybe. He honestly didn't even win it all that often. And, like, he'll alter, like, one shot. But then he'll give up, like, three just bunnies. He He's the, he's the only 7-4 guy who can't rebound. He also is unavailable for the rest of the season. But, like, Syracuse had to play quite, um, Malik Brown 39 minutes today. Because Peter Carey has a concussion, and Munirima is the worst player to ever wear a Syracuse uniform. What happens when Judah Mintz goes pro and or yeah he'll leave? What happens if Judah finds a better point guard? That's a take. No, I actually agree with Sam here. They will. Okay, <laughs> so from like a talent perspective, obviously not. From a fit perspective, maybe. But why would that kid go to Syracuse? I mean, yeah. I like I like the freshman guard they have coming in next year. I think he's mid. Honestly, Eli Moore. I think he's mid. I, I have I have like a whole list of guys that like when they enter the portal I'm going to like stalk them on Twitter. Who was the okay. who was the kid you te- who was the kid you texted me a couple I, weeks I, ago? I, um, I'll, I'll I'll put it in the private chat because I'm not saying it out loud. Okay, there was someone you texted me about a couple weeks ago. It, it was I tweet I texted you that how do you look in orange? Yes, I said this guy's name. Who was it? I, I'll send, I'll show it to you. Um. If, if this if my keyboard ever loads, I'm gonna say it out loud as soon as you type it in the chat. <laughs> um, if keyboard ever loads. <laughs> this is the most I've ever seen someone struggle at typing. All right, there. Seriously. Oh yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah, he would be good. He'd be yeah, good. he'd be good because he can shoot, he can defend, and he can rebound. Three things Syracuse needs. He can switch too. True, true. Um, that, that, all right. Speaking of which, we we do kind of have to move on. Um, no more talk about 
bottom half ACC teams. I'm just gonna wear a ring. Um, it's my favorite sub- subject these days. Bottom half ACC teams that specific people on Twitter think are better than the bottom half Big Twelve teams. Okay, but like these people are white knighting for Pitt and Virginia Tech to make the tournament. <laughs> like there are better hills to die on, people. Hey, good for Jeff Capel, man. Back I'm not sure there's a worse hill to die on. Also, it's like it's this one Virginia fan. Like, why are you advocating for like other teams in your conference? Like, Sam, would you ever advocate like as a UConn fan for like Providence to make the to make the tur- tournament as a bad no. team? Like Butler's fun, so I want to see them in. Yeah, like. Um... Xavier, not really. They, they have a fun fan base, but no. Like, why are Virginia people advocating for Virginia Tech to make the tournament? <laughs> because it makes Virginia look better. There you go. But, like, you I think Virginia's pretty safe anyway right now. For, eh. Like, they're Vir- definitely... Do you know like, where Virginia ranks in Ken Palm, Jonathan? Too high. Is it lower or higher than South Carolina? Higher, but not by much. 52. 51. Drake oh, is 52. dude. I'm him. <laughs> um, I just like. Well, let's let, let's play a game. Who ranks higher in Ken Palm? Obviously, the bracketologists that like I follow on Twitter that I respect are different people than the people who actually select the bracket. But everything I'm seeing with them is like eight seed, which obviously isn't safe. But like, yeah, it's Matrix safer than like, it's safer than like Stephen Hall. Who ranks higher in Ken Palm? Ohio State. Or UCF? UCF. UCF. Correct. Let's play a game. Who ranks higher in Ken Palm? Arkansas or Murray State? Other team. Murray State. Murray State. Murray State is 11 and 15. Valley Fever, baby. Murray State is 11 and 15, and they are two spots higher in Ken Palm than Arkansas. That's pathetic. That is pathetic. Eric oh, 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 I forgot to say something in the Valley update. Belmont's back. Yeah, shout out Belmont. Take note. Oh, shout out Hampton. Their first win in CAA play today. They end up winning that game. They did. Oh, my they got God. 19 from Tedrick Wilcox and 19 from Jordan Nesbitt in a 67-61 win over Towson. Um... Hampton, six and twenty-one. They're just their third win against a Division One opponent. Got to build. Got to build a program from somewhere. Isn't it like his? I have no idea. Year or something. I, I, I was making that up. Sorry, not his eighth year. Right. It's like his fifteenth year. <laughs> Took a this? shot. I went for it. You can't say I didn't go for it. I Buck wasn't right. Hey, Buck Turner made three tournaments when they were in the MIAC, but. Things have been tough sledding since they joined um, there, there are levels to this, unfortunately. There, there are. Um, James Madison got a win today against Georgia Southern at home. They escaped. GSU started 5-4 and four in league play after 0-12, and, and now they are 5-9. and nine with, a loss, with a loss to Buffalo in the Max Sunbelt Challenge. So, um, sorry, GSU. You stink. Um, Big South talk, though. High Point got a win against Radford today, thanks to 34 from Kamani Hamilton. 30 of them came in the first half. 
We, we talk about the Big South a fair amount on this show. Shout out Coach Haas. Yeah, um, shouts to um, Drew Pember today, who, um, if you recall, was supposed to single-handedly beat UCLA. In <laughs> Hold on. I have to find that text that I sent you today. You, know, you have to find that Ryan Hammer video where he was just, like, talking up Asheville as, like, they're going to beat UCLA. You, you texted me and said, Asheville is as good as HPU. And I said, oh, great. Drew Pember can beat Marquette talk starts in a couple weeks. Yeah. If, um, if Asheville matched up with Marquette in the tournament, Drew Pember beating Shaka Smart and Shaka not winning in March would be an incessant narrative for like five days. With all due respect to Drew Pember, who is a very good basketball player, Oso Iguodaro would have that guy in hell. By the way, do you know who played 12 minutes today for UNC Asheville? I'm assuming it's not Shahada Wells, but go on. (laughs) Greg Gant. (laughs) What? (laughs) Like the same Greg Gant? Yes, the same Greg Gant. Wait, the, oh my God, like the Providence kid from like eight years ago? Yes, the Providence kid. Yes. Oh, what a guy. Good for him. Wait, he played 17 games last year, 22 games. He started 17 games for NC State last year? I'm telling you, NC State was the fakest team to ever exist last year. They were the most uninspiring team I'd ever seen, and they were like a, they, they were somehow an 11 seed. Turk was fun. Dude, no, their guards yeah, were so Turk fun. was fun. His true shooting percentage was below 50. Still fun. No, dude, Jarko like, Joyner was fucking dunks. Joyner was so good, too. Joyner was, was legit. Who was the guard they lost the year before? I'm blanking on his name. Sam. Um, they had they had Sebron, the big. That's what I'm thinking of. That's what I'm thinking of. He was nuts. But they were terrible that year. They were four and six teams. Where is Dereon Sebron now? He got drafted, I think, right? Uh, looks like he had a career high November 22nd, 2023 in the G League. Mm. That's 37, 11, and 7. 11 assists, 7 boards. 11 assists? Yeah. He's playing for the, the Birmingham Squadron. Yes, the Birmingham Squadron. I did not know Birmingham had a G League team. What arenas do they play at? Legacy Arena. Shout out to Slim Shady. By the way, uh, here's a, here's a take for you that I've been Ooh. kind of working towards over the last couple Uh-oh. weeks. Uh-oh. Uh, get Illinois to a three seed. Keep them out of UConn's bracket. We'll see you in Phoenix. I think this Illinois team is so good. I do too. They they're they're oh, maybe no, the best no. team in the country at like just creating and draining tough shots. No knowing knowing how this usually goes though, creating Illinois is gonna be, Illinois is gonna be watching their seating on selection Sunday and they're gonna end up playing a top five Ken Bomb team in the first round. If Illinois is a three, I will likely be picking the six and or eleven in the second round. I just don't trust them. Depends. Like I think FAU could get them. FAU played the, played a really good game against them earlier in the year. Um, who else would be a six right now? Speaking of okay. FAU, they play for like the eleventh straight Sunday tomorrow. Sixes in the matrix are BYU, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Utah State. You also have to think about like they could see an eleven too. 
Yeah, and those would be Indiana State, Utah, Nebraska. Utah is a tournament team? What the fuck? No, if get you, them out of here. No, Utah is bad. Stinks. They are bad. <laughs> Utah, Utah stinks. stinks. Dude, you, dude, Mick Cronin's going to beat them tomorrow. Over the yeah. last, Dude, over the last month, Utah hasn't been a top 100 team in Torvik. They are bad. They can't hit shots. They don't get open shots. They don't move the ball well. They're not athletic. They can't defend. Davion Smith is fun. Brennan Carlson's good. They are bad. They're a bad basket. I don't understand what people see in them. They're not good. No, They're look, bad. You know what's, you know what's going to happen to Illinois? You know what's going to happen to Illinois? They're going to get a three seed. The 11 seed in their bracket's going to win, and their second-round matchup's going to be Gonzaga. That's, that's what's going to happen to them. It's not the worst take. I mean, I'd see that. God, I, I want to pick against both those teams. The, the actually like don't mind the t- the two and three line like teams overall. It's like f- four and five. I think are really bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I just don't see. I I I just. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, the, uh, the two and three line. Yeah. Um, on Grand Canyon, though, we do have to kind of talk about them because we, we talked McNeese, GCU, 24 and two after this eager squeaker win. What the fuck did I do? What was that phrase? Eager squeaker. <laughs> I've never heard you say that before. I've never said that in my life. That's a bar. All right. All right. We're gonna, I've gonna never said that before. Use it, use it more. Okay. Um, Cal Baptist Ken Palm game MVP was Blondu Chikongo. Not even going to try. Well, you did try, so. <laughs> Some of these names on this Cal Baptist team are incredible. Scotty Washington, Brantley Stevenson, Hunter Goodrick, Ivan Udraogo. God, that's so excellent. I miss Teron Armstrong. Anyway, um, it was 19 for Ty and Grant Foster, 15 for Gabe McGloat. I mean, this 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 GCU team is so good. If they go, tw- if they finish with three losses, will they get an at large? I hope so. They're. I think. Like, I think at this point, like they're on um, the they're on the 11 line right now. They're not a 12. I take them. I think they're like just looking at the 11s right now. I don't think you can put Utah. They're better than Mississippi. I, I just don't think you can put a Nevada team in a good league like the WAC in the NIT. <laughs> They, they deserve a tournament bid. That, that team's like actually like they're legit good. All right, like, time to talk I, Ivy League. Yes. Princeton over Yale, 73-62 today at Jadwin. Xavier Lee had 19. Matalaco had 18. Um, no Matt Noling for Yale, but I mean Danny Wolf was just silent today. He was terrible. Yeah, it's it was a good game. I watched the majority of it. The Ivy League tournament is – are you going to the Ivy League final, Sam? Yes, I'm going to the final on Sunday at Levine. I'm – I don't know who I don't know who I want to see. Like, I want to see Malik Mack, but, like, that's the fourth best team in the league. Right. And like, I, I, I want – I, I want – honestly, so, sorry. I want to see Yale Princeton. No offense, Cornell. I already saw you this year. Don't really care to see you again. Wouldn't I wouldn't be bothered if Cornell won the league. Of those teams, of I, the, Brian Earl's a great coach, but honestly, personally, just like I like getting, I like quotes from James Jones and Mitch Henderson a little bit better. 
<laughs> of those three teams, the Princeton, Yale, Cornell, I guess the answer is Princeton, but I'm going to ask anyway. What team's most likely do you think to win a tournament game? Definitely Princeton. Yeah, definitely. Maybe Yale. Really? Yale? Dude, their first five Yale is as good as Princeton's. Y- Yale has a seven-footer, which the other two teams True. can't really say. Yale has a, Yale has who, has, a seven- who had zero points today, by the way. Yale has a seven-footer with guard skills, a, a defensive player of the year, six-four point guard, two crazy shot-making um, guard slash wings, and then maybe the best mid-range shooter in, in that program in the last 30 years in Matt Nolan. I just think Princeton's probably – like, it was the same thing last year that you – I know, Sam, I think this is still probably your pinned TikTok, but it, it, Princeton's, so just hard a night- Princeton's just a nightmare to scout. Yeah. But honestly, this year, I don't really feel the same way about them because, like, they, they're different this year. They're not – built around a guy like Tosan. Well, yeah, they don't have an NBA player. I mean, Damian Lee might be an NBA player. He is really good. He's he's absolutely a pro. Like, like super he, super efficient on really high usage. Like, but they're different in terms of they they're just they're they're just playing a lot of iso ball. They're not really like they still do a lot of the cutting. But like last year their game was built around Tosan at the elbow and at the high post kind of just hitting cutters and getting to the basket. This year, their game is built around Lee and Alaco isolating, creating shots. Yeah. I, like last year, I think. So I, I think they're, I, I think they're more beatable this year. If you just have like some super athletic and quick guards that can, you know, like I, I just, I just think Princeton this year is more beatable, even if they might be better. Yeah. I think last year, Arizona was, overall pretty surprised by how hard Princeton played. And then Mizzou Yeah, and also Princeton's much worse on the glass this year. Mizzou also was just a complete disaster matchup for them because... Princeton was big last year. You can't gamble defensively against Princeton because they don't yeah. turn it over. Princeton was big last year. They had Tosan um, and Keyshawn Kelman. Like, Caden Pierce was their three-man. He's their mm-hmm. five-man this year. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, yeah, like that, that's the thing. I, I think the way to beat them this year is just play really disciplined defensively. Like you can't gamble because that's when, when they'll beat you. Yeah. Um, I watched Harvard beat Columbia today. That's a, that's a huge win for Harvard. Um, they're now in the driver's seat for the fourth position with that sweep of Columbia. Um, but they still have to go to Yale, and they still have to play home against Princeton on Friday. Penn's now one and eight, just total disaster of a season for the Quakers. Tyler Perkins back from mono. It was Malik Mack that had mono, right? And then Tyler Perkins. Yeah, I mixed up my Ivy League DC freshman. Bronny just finished a sick and one, by the way. Congrats! Like, like caught a lob, got hit in the air, and finished it. That's nice. Hope he's back next year. He, he uh, he's got potential. He's not, he's not coming back, but he should. I know. Yeah, I, I, that is the boat I'm into. Um, Purdue and Ohio State tomorrow. Ohio State's Ohio State's first game without Holtman. Who's their interim? Oh, uh, Jake Diebler. John, John Diebler's brother. Diebler, the guy that just like hit a lot of threes like 10 years ago. 
Yeah, yes, and now on the John Butler staff, John D. Yeah, he's at Butler. Oh, no, 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 no. Now, now, now we're starting to get into the guys that I remember playing college basketball coaching. I mean, we're there with Kim English, but John D. Kim English playing college basketball. How old were you? Like five? Yeah, I was gonna say he, he was playing like he was either on the twenty twelve team. Yeah, you were in like preschool. I, my brother picked the twenty twelve team to win it all. I picked them to go to the final four. They did not. I, re- I vividly remember that team. I, 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 I remember that game. I picked Kentucky that year. I, it was, I was right. I that was the one year I've ever won a bracket pool. Wow, what you suck, man? Why do you talk about college basketball? Dude, Dude, I do. I suck. can't ever sniff a bracket pool win. I, I don't finish top half. I'm winning this year. I don't care. I'm getting. I'm, I'm getting champions I'm is impossible. I've I've gotten two champions right in my life. I started p- doing brackets in 2010. 2018 Nova, 2021 Baylor. Those were the two I've gotten right. I definitely got 20, that Nova team right. 20, 2020, 2020 happens. I'm I would have gotten the third right. Like I, I screw this up every year, every damn year. There's always one. You don't game screw that it up. It's hard. Yeah. Oh, well, I do screw it up, but it also is hard. I have. I am proud to say that I've gotten my na- my national champion has gotten to the second weekend every year since 2017. Or I guess since 2018. 2017, I had Duke, who lost to South Carolina. My national champion got to the second weekend last year. Got to the second weekend two years ago. Got to the national championship three years ago. Second weekend, 2019. Wait, hold on. Your 2021 national champion did not get to the second weekend. Oh, shit. For some some reason, I've remembered myself... Why did I remember myself picking Gonzaga? I don't know. You picked Illinois, Illinois, right? I did pick Illinois. You're right. Uh, eh, I guess they were the... My 2018 national champion got out in the first round. What'd you say? My 2018 national champion lost to a 16 seed. I was going to pick them all, and then DeAndre Hunter got announced out. And my 2017 national champion made the second weekend. I picked Arizona to beat UVA. So when UVA lost, I felt like a genius because I had Arizona. I can tell you, if you remember that Arizona versus Buffalo game, Arizona did not make it out of the first round either. I I did not trust that Arizona team as much as I thought I would, mainly just because they got Virginia. But I was ready to pick that Arizona team to make a big run. Sean Miller can't win a tournament game. I had Kentucky winning that region, and when Virginia lost and Arizona lost, I pretty much like thanked everyone for losing, and then Kentucky freaking choked against Kansas State. I still don't understand how that that Kansas State team, like John John Calipari, walked walked into the Sweet Sixteen with the remaining seeds in his region being a nine seed, an eleven seed, and a seven seed, and he didn't get to the Final Four. I mean, to be fair, there's hard on that Kansas State. Coaches Bruce Weber, Porter Mosier, and Eric Musselman. That is true. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Why why are we like – you're right. But, like, why are we holding the Kentucky coach to the standard of, like, oh, yeah, like, like, he may get outcoached by Bruce Bruce Weber? (laughs) I don't know, man. You're right. I, I I picked Illinois. Um, in 2021, I still feel stupid for it. Remember when VCU got COVID and like couldn't play Oregon? Yeah, I, oh, I, picked, 
I, I picked Oregon to make the Elite Eight that year. Are we all in agree agreement that like VCU had no chance in that game? Like regardless, I picked of Oregon to the Elite Eight. I would have been nice to see Bones Highland in the tournament. Just Bones was a dog, but I feel like that would have made more of a difference in the second game. I still think of, I still think about how much USC beat Kansas by. I, I told I told you the other night, right? That like my friend from Kansas texted me and said like he hadn't felt this defeated since the USC game. <laughs> yeah, and we talked. Oh about yeah, like, we went over like who played for Kansas in that game. Yeah, that was we're not gonna we're not gonna cross that bridge again. No, <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Um, I'm gonna choose. Give me a random number from 107 to 233. 165. Okay. Ohio. Ohio. Ohio lost last night to Toledo. That was a fun game. Sonny Wilson had 12. Javon Simmons had 13 and 16. Dante Maddox had 21 and 6. I hit an ice cold three, which put the game out of reach. You Dante watched Maddox that game? Did. I watched the end of that game, yeah. I had that game on, and then I had New Mexico. Uh, Sydney you, know you know what it's time for? There's Mac Hoops tomorrow. What is the time for? There's Mac Hoops tomorrow. Huh? There's Mac Hoops There's tomorrow, Mac which Hoops means tomorrow. it's almost time for bed. Um, USC up by 11 on Colorado. Oh, my God. Arizona last year lost to Arizona State at home. It is now 99-60. to 60. I think they remembered that game. Yeah, Arizona State um, had a half quarter for the win. It was like three quarters. And that got them in the tournament last year. Yeah. And then Nevada just no-showed. Yeah. Let's be real. They no-showed for the final, like, three months of the season. If I don't want to see Nevada in the tournaments here. I don't enjoy watching Nevada. The only like, reason I, I that, like, the only reason that, like, Nevada even got into the tournament last year was because Mog got hurt and Clemson lost to Louisville. Even so, that Rutgers team still should have made the tournament. No, no, they were so bad without Moat. I didn't feel that bad when they did. Like, it would have been fine, but like, they, they were. Dude, they lost to Hofstra. They were awful without Moat. No one gave a shit about the NIT. That's you're not trying as hard as you would for the NIT for an NCAA tournament game. You're just like, ah, oh, shit. We made the fucking NIT. Like, I don't, okay, like the season's North over. North Carolina be like lollygagging like, practice. North, North Carolina, Carolina be like. North Carolina was in the CBI, actually. Actually, no, they weren't invited. Patelis didn't invite them. Speaking of which, some teams um, the CBI bid. Anyone else have anything for tonight? Nope. No. Um, shout out to Cincinnati. They stayed on the right side of the bubble with today's win. Iowa State is fucking awesome. Um, Houston, yeah. they're still really good. Oh, uh. Blake Henson and Jared McCain both went off today. Jared McCain, Henson, dude. Henson had like 28 in the first half, and McCain finished the game with 35. It tied a Duke freshman record. Yeah, that, that was nuts. That, that was nuts. Vermont over Maine. Richmond killed GW. Oh, UMass losing to LaSalle was like the shocker of the day. Oh, yeah. Um, Jack Golke hit 10 threes tonight for Oakland. 10 for 15 from three, 31 points. You know that that's gonna happen didn't, at some point when you play shoot. Like the, didn't they play Detroit? IUPUI. When you shoot oh, 269 threes in a season, do you do you want to hear Jack Golke's last four games? Sure. Sure. Twenty one points, seven of twenty from three. 
15 points, 5 of 11 from 3. 23 points, 6 of 14 from 3. 31 points, 10 of 15 from 3. So in his last four games, he has made 21, 28 threes on 35, 60 attempts. If I could shoot half as well as that kid, I'd shoot I'd shoot 63s a game too. So I don't blame him. I would just launch shit from half court. Um, Providence only beat the ball at home by 11 today. Dropped their 10 pound game. Then they went up like 28, and then uh, uh, DePaul went on a 12 0 run to end the game. Dayton fucked around and almost found out against a bad Fordham team. Um, Lemoyne, shout out Luke Sutherland. Um, seven and five now for the Dolphins in the NEC. They beat um, a Stonehill team that's now one and 12. Is it going to be Sam? Is it going to be Lemoyne versus Chicago State for the NEC title next year? Lemoyne loses Cleary, Sutherland, um, Jones, McClure, DePersia, Salter. Like, how everyone. do you know this off the top of your head? He covers them. He goes to their games. I go to their games. Good for you. Good for you. I, I was there today. That's why I shouted out Luke Sutherland. <laughs> Good for you. Keep being you, King. Hey, it was game fifty-eight today. Anyway, um, Colgate got a win. The dentist. Okay. Um, Boise State demolishes Fresno. Um. Oh, I forgot that Babacar Phi is at um, Western Kentucky now. Yeah, I remembered that the other day. Why did you remember that the other day? Did he have a good game? I was just kind of looking at stuff and his name popped up and I'm like, oh, where is he now? Turns uh, out he's at Western Kentucky. All right. Time to get here. Oh, uh, Michael, what is UT Arlington starting backcourt? <laughs> no, pass. <laughs> it's Philip Russell and Dewan Gordon. Those are names I recognize. That's gonna that's gonna be a trivia question. We're gonna ask every guest <laughs> if they can get it. They're certified. I have a, my, my my roommate sitting in the room next to me is a big Dewan Gordon fan. <laughs> yeah, he's also, <laughs> big, he's also a big Sean Dura Gordon fan. Yes, yes. Who was that other guy? That random guy? Oh, um, Ed Chang. Yes, Ed Chang. <laughs> Yeah, Ed Chang's a, a Mizzou legend. Yeah, he's the one with the Maborma Jock jersey. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes! Yes! The Maborma Jock jersey has made an appearance on the podcast. Yes, it has. And with that, Jonathan, let's take us home, Jonathan. Take us home! If you came here to hear about Tyler Self's job and where he's working, you came to the right place. If you came to hear... About Sam's oh weird phrases that he uses to describe close games. <laughs> you came to the right place. <laughs> you came to hear about Caleb Grill, what he's up to, what's going on with his life. You came to the right place. This is season four, episode 45 of Brackets, Bubbles, and Vid Stealers. We will see you next time. <laughs>